Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Welcome, listeners. This is Divya Parekh, your radio show host today with our show, Beyond Confidence for Success. Yes, all of us are at a great place. We all are confident, yet there are greater goals that need to be achieved, and we are right in the beginning of 2016. And what better way to break down those beliefs, those biases that have been holding us back, those limiting beliefs. So today, we will be talking about how we can make 2016 a rocking 2016. A little bit about me, your host, I am Divya Parekh. I'm an, inter- an international leadership coach, as well as a business relationship coach, speaker, and author. I had the DP Coaching Group, which works with leaders, achievers, and entrepreneurs to help you uncover your hidden motivators that allow you to achieve your personal, professional, and financial goals with laser focus and unstoppable confidence. Also, if you are on Amazon, you will find me as an author of an international Amazon best-selling book, The Voyage to Your Vision, where I had the fortune to co-author the book with several other great authors, got to know them, and it was really a fun journey. Along with that, if you're interested, you can look up some of the books that I have written about emotional intelligence, critical thinking, leadership, and influence. And I am honored to have Marilyn O'Hearn on my show today, who is here to share her wisdom with you and me, and together we are all going to learn. So Marilyn O'Hearn is a master coach, and that's no easy feat to achieve. She is a globally experienced, culturally intelligent leadership and mentor coach and speaker. She provides a trustworthy, secure launching pad for rocketing from overwhelm to transformation. Her passion for intercultural competency in coaching led her to developing culturally intelligent programs for coaches. For six years, she has been on ICF Global Board of Directors, co-authored the intersection of culture and ethics for law and ethics and coaching. And she has been recognized for her visionary and innovative leadership with the Thomas Leonard Achievement Award at the ICF Midwest Regional Conference in June 2015. And without further ado, I'm going to invite... Marilyn to share about herself and please share something about yourself and first I would like to welcome you. Welcome Marilyn and the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you so much Divya and it's it's wonderful to be with our guests today. So we're looking forward to to hearing from you and as Divya has said I am passionate about cultural intelligence in coaching and that is what led me to my service on the International Coach Federation Global Board of Directors and being on the Advanced Cultural Competency Advisory Team and to developing culturally intelligent programs, um, writing about it, etc. So, so excited to be here and share with you all because as Divya said, we want you to start your year off um, in a successful way. And we don't want to have bias um, sabotaging your success. So uh, 
shall I go ahead and start talking, talking about the topic, Divya? Absolutely. Go All for right. it. Okay. Well, we know that, and well, and you might not know. So I'll ask you to to guess, Divya. How much time do you think we spend in our unconscious? Oh, it is hard to pinpoint it. The key is sometimes we don't even know that our unconscious biases, our unconscious mind, so to speak, takes over us, and we are executing self-sabotaging behaviors. And I know you have a great focusing method that will bring us, that will center us to bring our focus right to the present moment. So I would like you to share your insight on that. I will. I will. I'm going to invite everyone to participate in a a centering pause so that we can be truly focused and tap into our conscious, which we're in less than 2% of the time, according to research. So lots of time spent in this VUCA world, this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world, just kind of rushing from one thing to another. So let's take a moment. I invite you to stand up or sit down. I like to stand up because I sit a lot during the day. And to close your eyes and to practice that deep diaphragmatic breathing that helps reset the brain. And while you're doing that, to shift slightly to the left, just take... A moment and be aware of that. Move back to the center. Move your body slightly to the right. Be aware of that. Come back to center. Move your body slightly forward. And shift your attention there. Come back to center. And then as you shift your body slightly back, I invite you all to imagine this great big fat dinosaur tail extending from the back of your body. The tip of the tail is also in contact with the ground, firmly planted like your feet. And within that dinosaur tail is all of your experience and gifts and strengths that have brought you to this point in your life and will be with you as you move forward. So take a moment to experience that. Come back to center and open your eyes. Wow. I didn't know if I was going to come back to do the radio show. (laughs) (laughs) What What was that experience like for you, Divya? Oh, I love meditation and any time... When you go through the centering process, it's so calm and relaxing. So I felt relaxed. I'm centered and focused on our show and our audience to give them the best we can. Mm, so that beautiful. We can help them move forward without being stuck. And I'm not yeah. saying that they're stuck or anything, but still there's things. What happens is sometimes... We don't even know that we are doing things and you find somebody walking away when you're in a conversation and you walk away, they walk away with something being left out where you have not connected with the person. So that's where we did the centering and I'm sure listeners, you had the same experience as I did. So we have and, done and that. Like, can you like share in depth how can we move from unconscious bias to the conscious awareness and make a choice that's in alignment yes. with intentions? Yes. This, the centering is the first point. And as you have um, pointed out, Divya, this can be incorporated into your practices that you already have. So I practice contemplative prayer or centering prayer. You practice meditation. Um, it can be, you know, incorporated into that. We 
the recommendation by Doug Silsby, who I learned this this little brief body centering technique from, is to do it ten times a day. He says it will change your life. And I noticed as I was stuck in terrible weather traffic, taking me an hour and a half to drive from one point to another yesterday, where normally it would take a half an hour, I was just in my little content state <laughs> because I've been practicing this. So now wow. that yeah, now that we're present and focused, I want to share a story about how bias can um can sabotage our success and um uh, you know what's necessary is an update which is going to be our next step but first i want to share this story so imagine i'm 9 years old and this will give a clue about my age which i know sometimes then pe- there will be a bias about age i'm going to share it anyway uh, <laughs> at the time that i was 9 years old russia was really scary to the U.S. and probably vice versa. So what I was hearing as a child about Russia, uh, which was part of the Soviet Union at the time, was that they were out to get us, to convert us to communism, and you know if that didn't happen, they were going to bomb us or kill us. Something terrible was going to happen. So I have these messages about Russia in my in my nine-year-old brain. My dad takes my three siblings and myself to a meeting with um, Russian physicians. My parents were both physicians. And we're bored, of course, children, the four of us. We're playing this hangman game. I don't know if you know it. It's a word game. And a Russian physician comes over and talks to us and says, what are you doing? We told him. He said, oh, that seems so violent. Is there some way that you could play this game without someone dying? And something clicked in my brain. It was like, oh, I've been hearing all these scary things about Russians. They're all bad. They're all out to get us. And this guy doesn't seem bad. He doesn't seem out to get us. He's talking about nonviolence. So maybe the message I got was not right, and I need to update it. Okay, now fast forward to 2013, and I was helping with a coach training program in Bali with 23 Russian-speaking coaches. Can you imagine what that would have been like and how effective I would have been in helping with the training, connecting with the participants, establishing trust, if I had not updated the bias about Russians, if I still had that in the back of my brain, oh, these people are bad and can't be trusted, and they're out to get me. Oh, I can imagine that, and that's exactly what I was mentioning earlier on, that sometimes... Consciously, we make an effort, we strive towards greatness. All of us does that. And yet, we walk away feeling disconnected. It's because we have sustained an unconscious bias from our childhood. And this is such a beautiful story, Marilyn, that what was told to you was completely different. And especially, love the story about the hangman. In today's day and age, when our young generation, who's going to be our next generation of leaders, when we look at the video games, when we look at handheld smartphones, handheld devices, everything, it's nothing but violence. Yes. And I wish we came up with games, you know, that would have strategies. They could have it, but without the blood and those raw violence that they have. We had, we all grew up with Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yes. saying that there was violence in there, but you know, they got it back again and they showed the caring for each other. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, I agree with you. And look at the news. Here, here's where bias is showing up in the news. People are talking about boycotting the Academy Awards because they believe there's racial bias. Mm. The the police shootings, 
people are accusing the police in the U.S. of bias. You know, their automatic response. I see a um, African American male that spells danger to me, so I'm going to shoot. Um, so this is really in the forefront of the news right now. And how this can get in the way of your business, my business, the listener's business, is if if we don't pause and get into our conscious and do a check-in, which I'm I'm going to lead everyone on how to do the check-in with ourselves about bias, then we can be... Uh, moving, you know, into a place where we're excluding people from our business, different populations um, that we could be reaching out to and we're not because of a bias that we don't recognize. And even when those people um, show up and we are working with them, we may not be working to our full effectiveness if these hidden biases are getting in the way. So that's how it can sabotage our our business success, and I don't want that to happen to people. So that's I'm very passionate and, and want to share another step, the first step, getting centered, getting into our conscious awareness, and then I'll be sharing another step later. I wanted to talk a little bit more about what is unconscious bias, how does it work, is it good or bad? So oh. unconscious unconscious bias, is it good or bad? Yes. Because what happens with bias is our brains are flooded with 11 million bits of information per moment. Can you imagine? 11 million bits of information per moment. And our brains can only process 40 bits per moment. 40 out of 11 million bits. So this is how bias is created. Our brains set up these thousands of automatic filtering systems. And they're necessary for survival. So if we start to cross the street, we see a car speeding toward us, we don't go through a long, lengthy um you know, analysis of this car moving toward us, the velocity of the speed, the, the you know, possibility of it hitting us. We just see car moving towards me, danger, I'm stepping out of, you know, I run out of the way. So that kind of filtering system is good. And then what we've talked about that can get in the way is these biases, whether it's towards... Um, Russians or um, a person of a different gender or age or height or uh, race or ethnicity, whatever it is um, that we have these biases, if we're not aware of them, that can get in the way of our business in terms of being effective and working with that that group um, or you know, it can prevent us from marketing to that group or, or being aware of the potential. So that's why we want to, to get into, and we will, this other step. Um, we've talked about how much time we spend in our unconscious, over 98%. And something I learned from Judith Glasser this year in her conversational intelligence is that judgment shuts down the brain in 0.07 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's where this uh, timing has been coming through. This is, again, through the neuro research that is coming out so much right now. First, it used to be that you know the first impressions are within first 15 seconds, then it went down to 10 seconds, and now we keep on hearing about seven seconds, and that's where the confirmation is coming from. And Judith Glaze, she's an amazing, amazing woman who has done decades of neuroscience research. She is. It's .07 seconds. It's not even seven seconds. It's .07. 
And wow. you know, in in our field, coaching, and in, in other fields, we you know, medicine, uh, you know, counseling, we say we're not judgmental, but the research shows we really can't claim that. So it's again learning to recognize the judgments that we're making and update them. Mm. And and I have an acronym. This is based on Janet Bennett's work of ACHE, A-C-H-E, that it's helpful to approach with A for awareness, awareness of our own cultural identities and others and our reactions about those with that coaching curiosity, just that fresh, natural curiosity with humility is the H. So the humility is recognizing that my viewpoint may not be 100% right or the only mm-hmm. way of looking at something. I I don't know if you've heard this as a coach, but I love the saying, it's a question, would you rather be right or be in a relationship? <laughs> Absolutely. Because we're convinced we're right and have the only viewpoint that is right, it's hard to be in any kind of uh, relationship, including business relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the final letter, E, is for empathy. Now, this is great because our listeners can walk away with these ready-made tools that you can implement in your day-to-day life and so easy to remember. Yes, thank that you. That is wonderful. Good. Okay, so are you ready for the next step? Absolutely. I was wondering, Marilyn, before we move on to the next step, is mm-hmm. it possible to talk about different biases? You talked about that it is very hard to be judgment-free, and yeah. that that comes with a very good explanation is that we do not know that we have those biases and for which you are going to share how to know about those biases, becoming aware of them. However, if we can uh, touch upon that we have talked about that these are unconscious biases, but yes. just a few. I know there are several of them. However, if uh, like the main biases that people see frequently yeah. in the day to day life. You know what's what's been in the news in the U.S. is the um, the racial and mm-hmm. ethnicity bias, as as we mentioned on the Academy Awards and the police shootings. So that's been really in the news. And then, of course, also a long time in the news is gender bias. And you know, we talk about the glass ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. I did this program uh, for a group of coaches in Asia Pacific, the Asia Pacific Alliance of Coaches, and they. Um, I did some research ahead of time. In Australia, they refer to the bamboo curtain. So not only are women not being promoted to top positions in organizations and in the government, but also people of uh, Asian descent. Ah, interesting. Yes. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have gender, we have age. I did some um, career coaching for right management, and during the recession, when people you know who were at midlife and were laid off from their position, there there is a lot of um, age bias. It was more challenging for them to find another position. Mm. No, these are great biases, and you are absolutely right in that, that we are seeing this in our routine life. We are seeing it on the news. We are seeing it in our work lives. We are seeing it in our daily interactions with other people. If, uh, if If I have your permission, I'd like to share a few other biases. Sure, please. And and we will be using these. So thank you for sharing them now in, in our next exercise. So go ahead. Oh, wonderful. So 
So one of the few of the biases that I have observed during my coaching practice and during my interactions with entrepreneurs in general, doesn't matter whether you're a coach or not, being an entrepreneur, being a professional in the corporate world, we make decisions. And these decisions are thought to be to be a process. However, that's not the case, especially, let's say, uh, going back, all these economics gurus and experts, they think that uh, the consumers are making a rational decision, that they're gathering information about what's out there in the market. Then they're researching it, what's the benefit to me, what's, how it's going to work out in the long run, explore the options, and then make the decisions. However, that's not the case. The decisions mm-hmm. that we make, whether it is in day-to-day life or for the purchase, is dependent on our biases. So I'll just share a few of the cognitive biases. So for example, it's the overconfidence bias. We are all optimistic. So there has been a research study that has been done where it was found that people are overconfident in their own judgment and then they end up performing at a lower level because they have not prepared for it. Similarly, we have found in healthcare industry that because they've acquired this experience over the years and you get the results and the results confirm your diagnosis, you can get overconfident. So watch out for that. And this is something as you're building through life, you're not aware of it, and which Mary Marilyn's next step will help us figure out how to be aware of these biases. And then one of the other the couple of the cost biases that I would like to share is the sunk cost effect. If we have invested in a project, whether we have invested in a personal life, in corporate life, or in business, we tend to justify our actions by sinking in more money. And from mm-hmm. that's where it gets its name, sunk cost bias. And it's been seen yeah. in all fields of life. And the third one I want to share is the recency bias, that we lean heavily on our short-term memory, what we have seen recently. Mm. For example, let's say the one of the very recency effects is one of the Mount Everest. There had been a lot of death, and these Expeditions had been led by experienced, experienced mountaineers. So what happened was they saw that the Mount Everest weather had been really good for three to four years, so they forgot that there can be stormy weather, stormy winds, there can be falling of just the snow slides, and there can be snowstorms. They forgot about it. And they missed out on one of the key rules because of the recency and the overconfidence effect that they are not supposed to go, keep on going beyond noon at mm. that height. And they didn't do wow. it. And add, what was the result? It was the cost of their lives. So, mm-hmm. some of, so similarly, putting it into our regular lives, we tend to rely on Stock market is a good thing. If you're having a good run for six to seven yeah. months, uh-huh. <laughs> ah, let me invest in it. Same thing is with the gambling, right? Oh, I'm winning. Yeah. I'm on a winning That's streak right. and boom, you lose everything. So listeners, do keep an eye out for these two. And now I am all excited about learning how to be aware and figure out if we are right there with these biases in our day-to-day lives. So please, I'd like to invite you to share that tool with us, Melody. Oh, I will. I want to go back just to one of your biases that you mentioned, the overconfidence bias. So the Mm. part of the research that I read around bias was that, um, that we tend to react more favorably to people who we think are like us, who look like us, who sound like us, 
Um, and that can be, you know, socioeconomic level, height, weight, race, ethnicity, etc. And the more confident we are, the greater that effect is. So mm. it's that belief again, I'm right, you know, I'm right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that can get in the way. So I wanted to, to throw that in. And now what I'm going to invite people to do is take a piece of paper and draw a circle. And within that circle to write down different cultural identities. So we've we've mentioned some of those already. We've mentioned race, ethnicity, um, height, weight, socioeconomic level, age, um, gender. Can be also religion, sexual preference, ability, disability, political views. Wow, that's a big one right now in the U.S. Um, urban, <laughs> yes. urban versus rural. You mm. know, whether you live in the city or you live out in the country, um, how someone is dressed, their age, uh, whether someone is a is a native speaker or not. I was on a phone call the other day with some other coaches, and a coach said that she had, you know, a very brief conversation with someone. She was not a native speaker, and um, they asked for a different coach just because of that. So lots of different cultural identities. So we're going to write in any others that pop up for you. Put them in that circle. And I've lived in Brazil and Spain and been a non-native speaker and a like. Uh, so this second pause, we're going to start with, um, we're going to have three questions. So I want invite you to think about one of your customers, one of your clients, or a potential client or customer, a specific person. And check in with yourself, you know, what are their different cultural identities? And the first question is, what do I think I know about this person based on their cultural identities? And you're welcome to write that down. The second question to ask yourself is, how could my assumptions get in the way of our working relationship? Or whether, you know, whether I even want to market to this segment of the population. How could the assumptions I'm making based on what I think I know about them based on their cultural identities, how could that get in the way? And then the third question is, what assumptions or bias do I need to update? I would love to hear from, you know, what your experience was, Divya, of this. And if anyone wants to call in and talk about their experience, we'd we'd love to hear from them. Oh, no, this is this is great. It's uh it's takes you to the thinking realm. Mhm. There you have to sit down and do the self-reflection. So I will share something that came to the forefront of my thoughts as I was going through the exercise. So one of the things is for Asians, the emphasis is always on academia. Mm -hmm. 
and not on sports. That's the general assumptions that everybody makes. And it's about okay. presumptions also, right, that if I'm meeting a kid, I'm automatically presuming that, yes, they're probably in the rec leagues for the sports. However, they're probably doing robotics. They're into science Olympiad. They're into spelling bee. They're into the activities that are academically driven, that is, focused towards college admissions and job orientation and career development. And I'm kind of going back and thinking for a couple of my interactions with a couple of new families that somehow I did have that presumption and when they shared that their children who are totally Americans, who are born and raised here, were involved in a whole lot more sports and the emphasis on academia was much less than expected. And that did take me by surprise. So I'm going back to that event that had occurred Mm -hmm. a few years back because every year as you grow, as you listen to more information, as you digest it, as you integrate it and absorb it in your life, your thinking changes and yet something will happen and some of those unconscious biases will pop up. So that's one of the situations I do recall that when I went in, I've got no clues about this family. They're just being introduced to me, yet I walked in with that presumption, I walked in with that bias, expecting their children to be talking about their curricular activities only in the academia and not in the sports side. Mm. So that definitely came up to the forefront when I was doing your exercise, very powerful exercise. Thank you for sharing that. You bet, and congratulations on your awareness then. And I'm sure you'll be more aware of that the you know the next time you're in a similar situation or talking with uh, a similar person. Absolutely. It is very similar to the story that you shared about the Russian, right, that that's the impression you had. Yes. That they were out to get you. And here is a Russian doctor who's telling you, let's move away from there. Let's make something better out of the games. Let's not play these games. So same yes. thing, I went in and I said, oh, that's great. Y'all are playing sports and all that. However, it did not register at the time. Now, thinking back, it's registering. And as you said, it creates awareness. Yes. And we are going to take a quick break. Just want to share with our listeners about the upcoming shows. And we'll be right back with the wealth of information that Marilyn has to provide, I feel that we have only touched the tip of the iceberg. This is just a taste. There's there's much more to come on bias and on the whole topic of cultural intelligence. You're right. Oh, I think so. We'll need to have you again, Marilyn. <laughs> well, that would be fun. Oh, wonderful. So... Listeners, we are going in for a break where I would like to share the upcoming episodes that you don't want to miss. So one of the episodes is on January 21st, which is tomorrow at 8 p.m. Your Best Life with Jen Jaffe, an interview with Gina Costa. The next episode is on January 23rd at 10 a.m. It's about revealing your excellence. The on-camera coach. If you are in the field of being a speaker, coach, or author where you will be talking to the audience, then this is the show for you. And the show host is Renai Allison. Another show that's coming up is on January 27, 2016, 
at noon. Again, with your best life with Jen Jeffe, interviewing Marnie Batista. Please join these very talented radio show hosts who will share a wealth of knowledge with you. And we are going to go back to where we started with Marilyn, where we ended that this is just a taste. Ooh. And yeah, they have that's... walked away. Thank you for <laughs> sharing. They have walked away with three great tools. Oh. And, and well, I remember I... you mentioning something about the glass ceiling. Yeah. Can you shed a little light on that? Well, the glass ceiling is the idea that women cannot, are are not usually um, hired to the top, the C-level suite of organizations or the top positions in government in the U.S. And, of right. course, we, we see that in a lot of other countries as well. And Let me I interject. Think, you know, yeah. I just wanted to bring that we have talked about the glass ceiling, but you see in different magazines, women are being hired and the glass ceiling is being broken, and mm-hmm. yet you do see the discrepancy. So if you could also consider that aspect and share your thoughts on that. Well, I know that um, I did a report on careers when I was in junior high, so when I was maybe 13 years old, about and and I looked up the how much women earn, you know, compared to the how much men earn. That hasn't changed very much in decades in the U.S. So we're mm-hmm. still earning less than men, and that is. Yes, we hear about some famous people, some famous women who are making it to the top, but the still, and even on boards, corporate boards, women tend to be a minority. They tend to be a minority in the C-suite. And you work a lot of with entrepreneurs, Divya. So some women are deciding, you know, I... I keep butting my head, I'm not being tapped into this, I'm asking for this, I'm not getting it, so they're starting their own businesses. I'm I'm sure you've seen that trend. I have seen that trend, and you're absolutely right. I just wanted to see another perspective because, yes, even though we are hearing a lot of great women in great positions, so, for example, Sheryl Sandberg, and we are looking at the car companies bringing in women at the top positions, yet there is still a gap. And that's what I yes. felt, and I wanted to see what you thought about it as well. Yes, and, you know, the, the research shows with, when there's a greater diversity on corporate boards and when there's greater diversity in the C-suite, and that includes gender and race and ethnicity, then um, the corporation's are more profitable. It actually, you know, affects the bottom line. That's what the research shows. However, what's, you know, what's been in place over the years is, you know, the 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 white males, you know, play golf together, they're in clubs together <laughs> that used to exclude women, and uh they tend to, you know, just like attracts like. As I mentioned before, we tend to respond more positively to people who are like us. So it takes a conscious effort on these um, men's part to see this person who doesn't look like me. They're a woman or they're a different race or they're different ethnicity. And I'm going to sponsor them and help them move up. I'm going to give them the the key assignments. I'm going to suggest their names for things. It's stepping out of their usual pattern, you know, being aware of the, the usual pattern, how that might be sabotaging the success of the organization. The organization's not reaching its maximum 
profitability, according to the research. So it takes a conscious effort to recognize that and to reach out and sponsor and help promote people who are not like them. Mm. And that's where your exercises that you have talked about will not only help the listeners, it will help coaches put it into their practice, help their clients use it in their own practice to recognize and manage the unconscious bias, cultural judgments. And as you have talked about, it's not only the gender, you have talked about the cultural judgments also. And I know that you do have a program focusing around cultural diversity. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, and this program right now is for coaches. I will be developing um, for non-coaches some some programs as well, plus taking my 20-page cultural packet that I use in this program for coaches and um, spinning that off as a separate product. So the program that I have for, for coaches I call it my cultural confident, uh, culturally confident mentor coaching group program, and it's virtual. I have a group starting on January 27th, and I still have very limited space available. I only take seven participants. It's a f- over a 14-week period, and what the participants are saying is they have this increased confidence at the end of the 14-week period in themselves as a coach, the process of coaching, and both coaching competencies and cultural competencies. And I integrate those two sets of competencies in the program. I don't know if anyone else is doing this. And what they're seeing then is this maximized impact on their clients. They're immediately putting this into place and seeing better results with um, the clients. The clients are getting better results. And, of course, that has an effect on their influence, their reach, and their income. Mm, and so it's not only, not only you are gaining the competency in yourself, you're not only be- better serving your clients, you're also expanding your business and as you expand your business, you're able to help more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And also, like from what you mentioned, that you know, if you're including the coaching competencies that can go towards your maintaining your coaching certification or going for a higher certification. You're right. Thank you, Divya. It's, uh, it counts for the 10 hours of mentor coaching for International Coach Federation um, credentialing, whether you're, you know, you're starting or you want to move, as you said, to the next level of credentialing, or if you're renewing your ACC, it's required. And the credentialing requirements are changing. So starting October 1st, I know some people have been coaching for a long time. Maybe they've let their credential lapse, or they never got around to it. Well, that's that change will really affect them because they won't be able to count any of their coaching hours prior to their training. It's tied Mm -hmm. to the timing of their training starting in October. So I am getting people who are long-time experienced coaches, and um, they're doing it for that reason or just because they, they want to dive deeper into this cultural aspect and learn from the diverse participants, people with different experience and training um, as well as me. And as you've said, this bias is only a small piece of the of the pie. It's just um, the cultural intelligence aspect or cultural competency aspect of coaching is big. I get new articles about it every day. I'm still, you know, passionately involved in this and constantly updating my material. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think so you had also mentioned that there is a free Harvard assessment to identify the biases. Yes. Yes, I talk about that in uh, my blogs. 
So I've, I've written this seventh um, blog series on the impact of, of bias, and I have that link in, in my blogs. At okay, wonderful. Maryland, yeah, com forward slash blog. Oh, wonderful. So then... And how about if our listeners have questions, would you be open to answering their questions, and how could they reach you? Oh, absolutely. Well, they could reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn, Marilyn O'Hearn, um, and, or they can go to my website, MarilynOH.com, or email me, Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N, at MarilynOH.com. I'd love to hear from them. And listeners, I have seen Marilyn over the years in the LinkedIn groups and come across her. Please do not hesitate in reaching out to her. Marilyn is very open to questions, and if she can help you in any way, she is a wonderful person and very easy to talk to, as you have gathered from today's show. And I'm sharing with my personal experience that she's a great person and easy to reach out to. So reach out to her and don't let these biases or any limiting beliefs stop you and move forward. And at the same time, if you need to reach me, I'm always open because I'm here to serve you and support you in your life journey towards your career, towards your financial goals or the personal goals, please feel free to reach out to me. My email address is contact at diviaparek.com. C-O-N, T as in Tom, A-C-T, T as in Tom, contact at D-I, V as in Victor, Y-A, P as in Peter, A-R-E, kh.com. Feel free to reach out to me with your feedback. And some of you have done that before, so I thank you for doing it. Let me know your thoughts on today's show and how can we serve you better in helping you move forward in your journey wherever you are at. And as we gather near the top of the hour, I would like to reach out to Marilyn and ask you, what are your top three tools that you use in your daily life? Hmm. Well, certainly I would say this the centering is part of mm. my practice every day. I have and I incorporate that as I mentioned with my spiritual practice. So I have um about 20 minutes as as I wake up and 20 minutes before I go to bed and then just remembering to do that throughout the day as as I mentioned to you not only helps me in becoming and staying more aware on a cultural level but just helps me to stay more at peace that level of peace and contentment like when I was stuck in the uh bad weather traffic yesterday uh so that would definitely be one of my practices and I would say um, these are practices that contribute to my success. Or is that was that the question, Divya? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think also, um, you know, self care. So those you mentioned service, and those of us who have a heart for service and really care about others and are passionate about what we're doing and getting our message out. Um, can sometimes neglect um, ourselves. And so that that centering certainly is something that nourishes me spiritually. And then just I eat, you know, nourishing healthy food, and I I love to move, uh, to get exercise, to dance, to walk, to hike. Uh, So... So those are things. And, of course, staying socially involved. Connection is so important to me. So it's so fun to be connecting with you (laughs) and our audience uh, today. And I also wanted to mention, because you've got this journey, supporting people and serving people in their journey, and this, you know, 
becoming more culturally intelligent and being more aware of our biases is, is a journey. So it's not, you know, it's not enough to just um, take an hour like we've done today, but to make it a part of our, our daily practice um, to increase our awareness. And I actually have people who will say, oh, well, I travel a lot or I eat in ethnic restaurants, so I already understand the cultural piece. You know, what's the big deal? And I say it's, it's something that we can, can continuously learn and be more aware and, and grow in. Mm-hmm. And that is the key. It's about the journey. It's not going to a training and being done with it. We are all work in progress. That's yes. what I always love to go back to the nature. And when you look at the nature, nature is evolving continuously. You don't stop. There is... There's always, you can do more, you can learn more, and you can be more. Why stop at where you are? You can, yes, you may be at your best today, but you have so much potential that you can be better than your best today. Mm -hmm. It's about evolving. Also, in the meantime, as Marilyn very aptly mentioned, about involving the self-care, having the self-compassion, Beginning the non-judgment with yourself, not yourself on a higher standard than anyone else. So this Mm -hmm. is all part of the self-care. And also to bring that loop to a close is bringing that awareness into daily life, that it's not only awareness for others, it is awareness for yourself, how you are treating yourself. Is it something because... You were told in your childhood that, oh, you can get anything right if you heard it too often. And then you're probably sharing the same message to yourself. And that could be a bias that is has become a blind spot that you're unaware of. So the technique about ACHE, is that yeah. correct? Yes. You I love technique. this idea of applying it to yourself, Divya. And and another clip that I have in one of my blogs is this Google training clip on bias. And this autistic engineer said in his first you know performance interview at Google, they asked him what his strengths were, and that he mm-hmm. had never been asked that in his entire life. That as someone with autism, he had been told you won't be able to do this or that that no one had focused on the positive, and that he learned to see himself in a different light. That was so beautiful. So thank you for talking about applying this to yourself. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge so openly with our listeners, because I'm sure they have had as wonderful time as I've had. I don't know where the hour ran away. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so much learning and putting perspective into places, and that's the fun part. I love learning, getting fresh perspectives every single day because it's almost like you are traveling to a new country, to a new city, As people look forward to vacation, I look forward to learning because that just opens up a whole new world to me. Well, I am right there with you. That's that's one of that discovery. It's exciting, isn't it? And that's that's probably uh, another approach um, and practice that we share. So very fun. And I have a huge smile on my face. It's been so fun to connect with you and and our audience. So thank you for inviting me and hosting me today. Oh, thank you again for sharing so openly. It's been an honor to have you on the show. And listeners, the only thing I can say is reach out to Marilyn or to me. We are here for you. We are here to rock you 2016 and the life beyond it. Until then, my dear friends, be powerful, be successful, and take good care of yourself. I will see you in next show. Take care.
and bye for now. Bye. Thank you.